Have you ever been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated and then try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. That's why you need to try SeatGeek. They've made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. The baseball season is winding down, but we're about to have the two biggest months of the regular season. So you're definitely going to be wanting tickets. If your team's in, con in, in contention, you might be making a decision kind of at the last minute. You know what? It's Tuesday night. Let's go ahead and go. You jump on SeatGeek. And you're going to guarantee yourself the best prices, even with that sort of uh, game day type of buying, as opposed to buying them in, in advance. And because SeatGeek is the only place I ever go to look for tickets to a game or concert, that's 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 kind of how I know. I, I actually use the product here. I have the app on my phone, and it, it's great. It's taken all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. SeatGeek pulls all the tickets available on other sites into one place so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming games, and SeatGeek will let you know if the price falls. Even better, every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value so you can immediately find underpriced seats. And before you buy, you can use SeatGeek's detailed maps to see the view from your seat. Best of all, SeatGeek is always honest and upfront about the price. Unlike StubHub, SeatGeek shows you the full pr ticket price from start to finish and never surprises you with huge fees at checkout. Now, our listeners will get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do to get that $20 rebate is download the free SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter promo code SLEEPER, S-L-E-E-P-E-R, and then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code SLEEPER today. Welcome to episode 372 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It's Tuesday, August 2nd. It's a trade deadline special with the Sunday guys. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Jason Collette. Jason, what's going on, man? Shouldn't this be 372 part two? Yeah, 372 too, for sure. For sure. Yeah, stupid call graphs. We, we said we were <sighs> delaying one day and not two, but damn call graphs. Literally, we had Touché. two parts of this awesome call because i had to do a radio spot in the middle and it erased part one so we're doing part one again right now for you all yeah um something happened with the reinstall the way it named it basically the the the, the short end of the story is if you do more than one call in a day the previous call will be overwritten by the second call because it doesn't it didn't specify time it just put jason collette and the date so any jason collette uh, eight one call was whatever the last one was so kind of a nightmare but Took day off, so you know we're not just repeating it immediately after we said it. Had a rough day with podcasts yesterday, and then yeah. the, the the car went sideways again today. It's, it's I can't believe it's only Tuesday uh, for this week. This week's pretty much garbage. But you know what? We did have a good trade deadline. That was really exciting. We're just going to dive in on some of the the hot stuff going with it, uh, particularly the trades. You know, of the, of the big movers. Not going to hit in on everything, the smaller moves, but something like, um, you know, obviously the big deals are what we're really going to get into. But a little quick news because this hadn't happened yet when we when we talked yesterday. But Ken Giles is is back in the saddle again, and you said he was going to be. Um, you, you held said, held really tight. You, yep, you just said don't don't give up. The skills are there, and you know. I don't even think it was a full-on Harris sucks. I think it was more – well, for me, I don't want to speak for you, but 
it was that if he fails, they're going to look for a reason, right? They're not, he's not going to have a huge leash and he didn't. Will Harris has not been that bad, but they just had to move on and they were afraid to, you know, give up too many more games. And so Ken Giles is in the role starting now. What do you think? Well, we talked about, we talked about this when they gave the job to Harris, right? And we said, if you looked at a skills point of view, that it lined up very well for Ken Giles, just as well as Harris. I mean, if if they wanted to miss more bats, Giles was the guy. And I think we did this around Memorial Day. So I'm looking at his skills right now. Since June 1st, Ken Giles has a 14.8 K per nine, a 2.1 walks per nine, um, has allowed one home run and 84 batters faced and has a 127 ERA. He's been pitching his ass off here really for has. two plus months. He got off to that horrendous start but then was just has just been rolling for them now maybe maybe it was t- because of the pressure of you know, of not having to close games maybe he was able to flourish in that and maybe he he regresses now that he's going back into this role i don't know i doubt we'll it see. though because he wasn't really closing know. he wasn't closing in in april remember gregerson right. gregerson won the job he had a nightmarish april did ken giles with four outings of two two, two runs and you can even extend it back to since May, really, for him. You said since June. Just add, add on May as well. A 220. Yeah, I'm going back that direction now. I'm like, he had an implosion. Yeah, he had an implosion May 29th. So if I go back and, and look and, and sort to since May 2nd, uh, when his first game in May. So since basically May, 13.5 K9, 2.8 walk, 9, 220 ERA. One home. And one home run. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's been ridiculous. All but one of his outings since July 1st for Ken Giles have been two or more strikeouts. He had one where he went two, two-thirds uh, of an inning and didn't strike anybody out. Everything else, two-plus, including three, he struck out the side in each of his last two outings. I mean, he is at the peak of his powers right now, Ken Giles. So I think that he now becomes one of the top closers available. And we've had a lot of turnover in a very, very short period now. And... It's been with some quality names, right? <clears throat> Calvin Herrera getting back into the role is huge. Um, I, I like this. I think this Jake Barrett guy is pretty interesting. Who else was was coming on there? It's been oh, obviously um, Andrew Miller uh, yeah. get, and well, Dylan Batanz. Yeah, and so we've had all these all these guys pop up. Now here's another one, and I think it's one that I would move near the top of the heap. I think Kelvin Herrera is still the best for me if he got thrown back on the wire in that short time when uh, Wade Davis was back. But otherwise, um, after Herrera, it's Giles for me. Well, here's the news. Uh, and, you know, AL Tout Wars has been a bit of a struggle this year. A lot of injuries. Bianco Park hasn't played that well. Kane missing a ch- chunk of time. DeShield's flopping. But I did just deal for Kelvin. I gave up Corey Dickerson to get Herrera nice. two days ago. Now I get Giles, and then I can, you know, get some respectability winning that league is off the table but i'm at 30 saves and and you know third place is 43 so i got one two three four five six spots potentially i can jump up in saves if those two can get rolling the rest of the way and that'll be nice you know get me closer to 70 you just want to stay above that 60 point threshold nail tout wars because you lose fab dollars every point below 60 so that's that's what i'm fighting for at this point and just trying to get in the top finish in the top half once again 
um, as uh, Larry Schechter, Seth Trackman, and Patrick Davitt are one, two, three, and that's who I made the deal with. He didn't need uh, Patrick didn't need the saves. He's dead last in saves, so he's trying to make a run, uh, being dead last in saves, and he wanted some power, so I sent him Dickerson because I I need to fix my OBP, and uh, he's addition by subtraction. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, hopefully you're able to kind of march up the standings just a little bit more. Uh, this year, at least you got a new beast, clo- two beast closers then, because you still have Giles, right? And so, let's talk trades, and let's start with Jay Bruce going to New York. It's an interesting fit. I think I think uh, they address it themselves. Sandy Alderson even kind of said, "I understand that it doesn't uh, jump out as as a perfect fit because it's another corner outfielder and a left-hander at that." Um, so, what do you think of Jay Bruce out to out to New York here? You know, I have no. When you, if you think about it in your head, you're probably thinking, okay, he's going from Great American Ballpark or Small Park to City Field, so yeah. it's going to hurt him. But it's not. You look no. at the park factors this year: Great American 1.2 on home runs, uh, City is 1.13, and um, we're using one-year park factors because baseballs are on steroids this year. It's not the players; it's the actual baseballs. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the crazy thing there. So I don't think it's going to hurt him. It's what's got, what's curious to me is how is it going to hold up for him? Cause you know, he's driving in all of these runs because he's been insane with runners in scoring position. And we know that skill doesn't carry over from year to year to year, but he's hitting 352 with runners in scoring position. He is a 369 batting average on balls in play with runners in scoring position. The, the front three uh, of Granderson and Walker and Cespedes or whoever they want to put in the one, two, three, they get on base roughly the same amount as the Hamilton, Cozart and Votto were. So it's just a matter of can this can this Alan Craigish skills keep going or does it flop? And if it flops, then, you know, the Mets are already struggled to score runs. They're getting bruised, hopefully uh, hoping that he can do this. But this again, getting back to the Alan Craig, it, it can be there and then it can go away. And once it goes away, it seems to stay away for a while. It, it's, it's just too tough to uh, to know if you're going to get it. That is what they're addressing here. That is the need. They're they're trending to a historical level, third worst possibly if they keep on their current trend. The Mets with runners in scoring position, and like you said, he's up near 360. Jay Bruce is. That's what they're hoping for. Let's talk about what uh, what the Dodgers were able to do with some acquisitions. They moved um, they moved Yasiel Puig to the minors, and then get. Rich Hill, well, actually, they got Rich Hill and Josh Reddick from the A's and then did the Puig thing if we're going in, in sequential order, of course. So they, they make that trade. Three prospects go to the A's. Not bad prospects, by the way. Frankie Montas, Grant Holmes, and, and Jarrell Cotton, I think, are all live arms that they'll get something out of. I think they'll get a starter and a reliever, and then one will fizzle um, just because that's kind of the way the, the, the prospect cookies crumble. But the, the focus for fantasy is the Dodgers, right, because they move Puig out. I think it was stupid. I just I don't know that it makes sense right now. And then they get Reddick and Hill. What do you think about this? Start with Reddick and then and then go over to Hill. Um, I mean, I, I like Reddick. You and I have talked about Reddick for quite some time. You know, we like the power potential uh, for him. I, I really like Hill once he's healthy. You know, when he was before he went down, he's thrown what five pitches in a month. Uh, before he went down, he was just his, if you even go back to last year, you line up his skills, his ERA, his whip, whatever you want to line up fantasy wise, he's been right there neck and neck. He's been pitching like an ace. The only issue is he hasn't been on the mound in a month. Uh, but 
you know, going to the NL, that should help him a little bit. He hasn't pitched outside of interleague games. You know, the NL hasn't seen him in quite some time. And now you've got two of the best curveballs in, in the league on the same team. If either of those guys can get back on the mound um, here in, in the short order. So we'll see what happens. And he did. Uh, he is going to go ahead and start on, the, you know, he's just kind of moving from one DL to the other. Rich Hill is. But I still kind of like him. I think I would still be okay putting in a, a rather oh, interesting bid on him, especially if you're really trying to go for it. You know, you need something that can be high impact. And, and picking up the Tom Kohlers of the world, we're talking NL only right now where he's a crossover, um, I just don't think that's going to cut it. I, don't, I just don't think you're going to get lucky with Zach Eflin. He already has two complete games. You think he's got a couple more on him? Good luck with that. So if you really need something that can be high impact, even if he doesn't pitch another week or two, uh, Rich Hill can be that special guy. So I'd still put in a sizable number on him, even though it's very risky. Let's talk Texas and, and Milwaukee. Obviously, Milwaukee moved out. Lucroy, Jeffress, and Smith. We'll get to them in a minute because any replacement over there is just not as interesting. It's looking like Martin Maldonado, who's completely irrelevant for fantasy purposes, and then Tyler Thornburg. So we'll let you get to Thornburg in a moment. This makes big ripples in Texas. Now, Jeffress is a is a Dyson copy, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anything, Dyson's been a couple ticks better here in a few different metrics. I don't think that he's going to make the, the be able to push out Dyson. I think Dyson keeps the role, but now they have somebody else that they can go to very reliably on that bridge, and that's Jeffress, along with Keone Kella and Jake Diekman. All of a sudden, you're talking about a nice little bullpen here. They probably needed a starter, but they couldn't get the starter that they wanted. So they got a nice relief piece, and then Jonathan Lucroy and Carlos Beltran to go into the lineup. Uh, they did really big work here, did did the Rangers, to, to bolster that lineup. What do you think of Lucroy and Beltran as Texas Rangers? I think that Luke is going to hit six. Beltron's going to hit third. It gives them some nice right-left, right-left balance up and down their current order. Um, obviously, Luke Roy's framing scale is going to be tremendous for the the Texas staff, and they're going to need him since they didn't go out and get a starting pitcher. This is what they're stuck with. Um, so they're going to need to steal strikes and, and do what they can do. And uh, and offensively, the, the crew that they've had has not has not done well at the plate. So this is a, a big upgrade for them. Uh, and Beltron, just in that park, you know, when you look at the lineup, top to bottom, that's just a tough game. When you now, if you're looking at pitchers going against the Rangers, you have to sit them. I, I don't, I, I cannot recommend. No. There's the, the weak spot in that lineup is really Elvis Andrus, and, and, and he's, he's been hitting all right. eight, and he's been all right, and that's the weak. I, I'm using air quotes that are a little tough yeah. to see on podcast. But that's <laughs> the weak spot uh, of the lineup. So yeah, it's it's really that that they've become that team, and they're and they're going with the Baltimore method of we're just going to outslug you if we can't get a pitcher, then we're just going to try to win game seven to six. Yeah, uh, you know, and to getting on to it later. Like, right, and then getting Jefferson, Jefferson Dyson on the back end, and Deekman, like you said, I mean that's a lot of velocity back there, um, and it should work. That should work out well for them. They just have to to get up early and get some length out of their out of their starting pitchers. Hopefully, they can be more than five and dives guy, uh, dive guys. But uh, I'm, you know, this these were the moves they needed to make, and uh, they held on to Joey Gallo too. <laughs> so you, it really worked out well for him. What do you think about Thornburg as the closer for Milwaukee? Um, I like him. He misses bats. Uh, you know, he didn't didn't hold up in the rotation, but he misses bats. Doesn't walk guys. Doesn't get himself into trouble. So I've been uh, quite happy. Uh, you know, he he deserves his chance. If they're going to move both Smith and uh, and Jeffress like he did, then it's his turn and next man up. And uh, you know, buy him now and keep him for next year too, because I don't think they're going to replace him right away. All right, next up is your team, Jason, and they were active. Maybe not as active as some thought. In fact. 
since we did take one, I already know how you were treating the day. You were thinking, are were they even going to do anything? And then boom, 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 three deals. Steve Pierce goes out to Baltimore to reinforce the, the method that you said they're using earlier. Just beat him to death, man. If someone has to come out, we got Steve Pierce coming off the bench or we're going to be spot starting him. Uh, Matt Moore, we knew, a, I mean, we didn't know a pitcher was going to be traded. We thought there was a lot of talk. They finally got something done. They got a starter traded out to San Francisco. It was Matt Moore. And then Brandon Geyer goes in a tiny deal. So let's talk about the repercussions of those moves. Who fills in for Pierce, Moore, and Geyer? Um, for Geyer, it's going to be Desmond Jennings, um, who last night broke up the – not not only broke up the no-hitter by Danny Duffy, but broke up my no-hitter prediction in the first inning you by were, Danny Duffy. You were all over it, man. Stupid. I mean, this, at this point of the season, this is – you know, not that I enjoy cheering against the Rays, but when I make a, a no-hitter prediction in the first inning based off 10 pitches – Nice um, to see it come through, right? I want that stuff to hold up and <laughs> had – he had 35 swings and misses last night. This is Duffy, but Jennings got a double on a pitch that was left up a little bit. Um, so Jennings and the Mikey Manical replace Geyer because that's the skill set. Uh, but Jennings is the better defender of the three, uh, but none of them get right-handed pitching. And I expect Jennings to be gone in some kind of August waiver deal anyhow. Um, so it'll be Maddox once he's back off the DL or Matuk. Um and then with with Pierce, you know, he's he's been playing a little bit all over the diamond. Now you've got Nick Franklin up, who's probably going to do that. Uh, Matt Duffy's going to come over and be the everyday shortstop once he comes off his rehab assignment here. Uh, once he comes off the rehab assignment, and that's going to be very interesting defense-wise. That should be awesome because Brad Miller has been terrible at shortstop, but now he's going to play first base. So you're going to get Brad Miller with more. To, uh, I don't think he was at five games yet. I know he's played first base once or twice maybe, but he's going to get a new position. Matt Duffy's going to get a new position. The infield defense should be better. That should help the pitchers a little bit. Uh, so it's it's very intriguing to see how all these uh, moves go. Uh, you know, Matt Moore had been pitching really well of late. Uh, one of the things that he had been doing is really filling the strike zone, throwing a lot of strikes, throwing a lot of first pitch strikes, stop chasing the strikeout so his strikeout rate was down but you figure he's going to get about half of that he's going to get another half a strikeout per nine going to the national league so he should be back at seven per nine if he can keep that same approach and just stay ahead and not fall behind guys he should be really successful uh in san francisco he's got that the, the bigger park now um and I, I, he'd been pitching his last 10 games 281 era 1.04 whip uh just looking like the matty moore of old without the strikeouts but again not getting himself in trouble which is always been his demon so matt andrees uh no right now it's right now it's going to be matt andrees um in that role uh this is he's not mixed league um not mixed league quality. Uh, it just he doesn't miss enough at bats. I mean, he he was doing well early on, but it took the didn't take the league too long to catch up with him. Um, and I, I don't like the fact that he's going to be in the rotation now. Cobb's coming back here soon, but I, I don't know if it's going to be Cobb on a restrictor plate with pitch count or Cobb in the bullpen. That's what I'm not. That's what I'm not sure on right now. They're moving Andres in there, and they mentioned on the broadcast last night, "Hey, we're going to move, uh, give Ramirez another opportunity." But then when Cobb comes back, where are you going to put him? Are you going to go to a six-man rotation? Yeah, uh, that's what I, that's what I'm not clear on. But they could I, do I'm, I'm still like not that. touching those guys in mixed league formats. Yeah. Even even Cobb when he comes back, I'm not, the rehab has has been start and go, start and stop, start and stop. It hasn't been smooth. And we talked about this back in the you know don't we talk about not wasting a draft pick on him, which is, which is I, I had no 
interest in him this year. I really, I really didn't. And that's a guy I absolutely like quite a bit. I'm a big uh, Alex Cobb fan, and and it just, it just didn't see a reason to, to really uh, get 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 him in a lot of teams this year. You just, I don't know. You just don't know. Uh, all right. Next up, then, uh, we have to talk a little bit about Matt Duffy, the, the big prized return. Obviously, he's injured right now, but he's going to come back. And uh, what do you think? This is, I mean, it's really a prototypical Rays guy. I did a Rotowire podcast with, with Todd. It said the same thing. So I am repeating myself for those of you that listen to both. But, I mean, he's such a prototypical Rays guy, a white guy who can play a bunch of positions. They love it. Yeah, uh, and he's gonna he's gonna stay a shortstop now. But if they do go to the winter meetings and listen for offers on Longoria, then Duffy can go back to third base. I don't think this shortstop thing it, it gives them. You're probably gonna hear them talk a lot about it. You know, I'll believe it when I see it when he's a shortstop on opening day 2017. So one of the things with with Tropicana Field is you know, as we this year with home runs flying, but it really hasn't hurt. You know, right-handed, it's not as long as you don't hit it the dead center, then it's not a problem. But one of the things and I think with, with the Rays, they seem to be targeting guys that use all parts of the field. Logan Morrison would be a good example of that. Uh, Logan Morrison, Logan Forsyth. You know, when they got him from the Padres he was hitting 230 early on last year, wasn't hitting well because he wasn't healthy this year using all parts of the field uh, and the average scoops up. So it's, it's worked out really well for him. And I think with Duffy has, he uses all parts of the park. Um, it could be the same thing for him. So as long as he has and try to hit fly balls in center field, I think there's some hidden power potential, just like we saw with Logan Forsythe, just like we've seen with Brad Miller this year, albeit Brad Miller is a lefty, but he's made Tropicana Field look rather small at point. I mean, he, he, he was right. the first raised guy to put one in the raised tank this year, and it was because he hit the very back end of it, and they had to roll down the coverage net, and then it dropped into the raised tank. So I mean, he crushed some things this year. So uh, yeah, I think there may be some hidden power potential there with Matt Duffy this year uh, and, and moving forward. You know, the rest of this year, maybe maybe five home runs the rest of this way, but I think there's some hidden power potential there next year. Uh, and next year he goes, he'll go into draft day with third base and shortstop eligibility which is very nice so the a's traded rich hill and and josh reddick any interest in pieces that may be filling in there i'm, I'm thinking coco crisp is going to get to play full time now maybe jake smolinski they they want to see gets his playing time back he's going to left field apparently there, there you go okay so there's the other outfielder they're going to continue to let smolinski only mess with with lefties which is good he cannot hit righties he's 27 i just don't think it's there so there's valencia's playing time back that's what i was wondering because ryan healy will stay at third then you got chris davis coco crisp and um uh valencia well then who plays center is ken smolinski fake center uh sure i mean uh let's see if he's put yeah okay he's played 13 games this year so that, that's who's gonna play because um i don't think you want crisp against lefties i think that's the one that he struggles against if arismendi alcantara came up I'd be interested, but otherwise, nah. Uh, any of these starters appealing to you? Like they bring back Daniel Mengden, Dylan Overton. Um, I could make up a name right now and you would not question it. John Dowd. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. No, no, none of them do. <laughs> Tim Scooper. That's a guy. Tim Sco- No, I'm kidding. I made that up. I don't even know where that came from. Uh, okay, I'm with you. That, 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 that ties up the loose end there on the, on the Dodgers-A's deal. Last bit here because then you got to get going. Well, first off, I get a quick hitter on this. Drew Hutchison out in Pittsburgh. What do you think? Uh, I, I'm dreamy. I'm starry-eyed. Former, former boy. Swoon. Yeah, because we he's going to get searched. 
It's like he had, <laughs> the, the Sears. We I think we joked about this in, in the dead podcast that died yesterday. Um, that they, they tried it with John Neese and they it tried it with Juan Nicasio, yeah. but there's a there's a missing pieces. U.S. actually have to have talent, um, and <laughs> Nova has a, a small piece, and I'm interested in Nova yeah. the rest of the way, um, and. And then I really like I really like uh, Hutchinson. We've liked Hutchinson last year. I drafted him again this year in two different leagues, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with him the rest of the way. He's under team control for a few years. Clearly, the Pirates like him, see something say, in the numbers because they paid a hefty price that's for this. Precisely what I was going to say. If you need to be convinced that there's still some talent there, then just look at what they paid because they paid two prospects of Francisco Liriano. I know Francisco Liriano, probably the least painful piece of that for them to deal. But the two prospects that they dealt become Toronto's fourth and fifth top prospects, according to MLB's update. And I understand that they might have a down system. I'm not exactly sure where they are. I would, I would imagine second half of the rankings. But even still, to get your four five and uh, an arm that you can still use this year in their run if they can tweak something, figure it out. Not that I like Liriano going to Toronto from from Pittsburgh. But either way, good on Hutchinson. Hutchison. Um, I'm excited about that again. It'll be interesting. Let's close with the Yankees rebuild because I think they did a brilliant job. Cashman, you know, has in the past been, been portrayed as, oh, the only reason you're any good is because you got money. And I, I feel like it's well proven that uh, – you don't have to be good. I, I mean, you don't. You don't. You can't just take money to be good. It, it like it. It takes more than that. So I don't know why that reputation stuck with somebody. I think anyone paying attention knew that he was good and had a chance to be really good if he was ever given a rebuild. And he was given a rebuild, and he's handled it excellently. What do you think of this? Uh, these Yank, this Yankees transformation, and which of these prospects are you most eager to to see finally come up? You know, if I wasn't a uh, Rays fan, I would be like, wow, this you is You could appreciate it more. You're right. Uh, I'm You're right. so effing, effing jealous. I mean, when you look at the top 100 list, anybody's, um, you know, the one the one Fangraphs does, the one that Baseball Prospectus, the one at Baseball America, every single one of them is going to have at least 15 Yankees in the top 100, <laughs> at least. That's what's... That's what's so dumb. Uh, it's it's really sick of what they're what what they've gotten out of this. Because you just look, I haven't even sat down to read all of it. But every every time I look at one, it's like, oh, this guy was the number six and the number four, and these they're were all these single were guys digits. from good organizations. Yep. It's not like if you're a top ten in the Cubs. You're a damn good prospect. Yeah. That's going to work out well. And the Indians were a deep. They were a top five system. And you got good quality from there, too. I mean, Clint Frazier is obviously the guy I'm most excited about. I just got to see him play in person on Friday night uh, in Charlotte. I saw him uh, two, two hopper to shortstop and was a half a step away from beating it out. I mean, he got and that's coming out of the right hand batter box. I mean, that's flying yeah. down the line. So I'm excited to see him. Uh, and, you know, they, this finally cleared. I mean, maybe we'll get to see Aaron Judge do some uh, do some bomb here at some point yeah uh, but really excited to see uh, to see what what Frazier can do but it's just it's tough when you look at the Yankees like in two years they're basically telling Bryce Harper um which one of these suites would you like to have for your family and friends when you come to games <laughs> exactly. uh, and where do you want to live which high race can we put you in I mean it's all setting up perfectly for Bryce Harper to join that team at age 26 27 uh and then for all this young talent to come along with it uh, and sick and then Boston uh Boston's in similar shape where they've got a lot of young talent they just called up uh Andrew Benatendi I always screw up his lie he's Benintendi. making his 
he's making his major league debut tonight uh, out in Seattle. I'm excited. Uh, my Lyft driver here in Boston was talking about it, driving me out because my Lyft profile says I'm a big baseball fan. So he's just oh, chatting wow. right, talking baseball with me and See, guys, talking about the new kid coming up. So that's the travel wizard right there, uh, Jason, putting some information in this profile to make those car rides a lot less awkward when they uh, when they share have a shared interest they can just say oh baseball sweet I'll talk about Andrew freaking Benatendi that was more of a New York accent and a terrible one at that let's just move on and end the podcast true 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 Boston accent you've got some work to do uh, or I think it's some social work where you get to go go out but uh, where are you right now uh, I am in uh, suburban Boston. That's right. But I that's need right. to go back downtown Boston to have dinner, uh, and then everybody else comes out here tomorrow. So I made it out here a day early. I feel like we're forgetting to talk about something. Oh yeah, yeah. The did it, did it, did it, did it. Breaking news: Trevor Story is out for the year. Oh yeah, yeah. Busted up his his hand real good or some um, UCL. Thumb. Yeah, uh, that really sucks because you know actually, and this is such a terrible thing to, to do, but I'm gonna do it. I'm a bad person. Um, the, the silver lining here is that it's going to depress his price a little bit. People are going to be scared of yeah, not having of $40, he'll be 39 Well, no, I'm saying <laughs> instead of second round, he might be third or fourth. I, unless he re uh, reestablishes himself uh, in people's brains in spring training. Okay, I can see that happening. Or anyone that snap, you know, they snap out of it. They okay, I forgot what he's capable of. There he is. Now get back in the second round where you belong. But I'm just saying maybe I can get him a little bit – like I'm I'm, in, I'm interested. I was interested even before this because he was going to pop 40 homers at shortstop and I was going to be probably ready to try to take him at the end of the first round because I love overdrafting You think he even guys. makes it that far? Yeah. I mean – well, I don't know now. Now now there's a monkey wrench. Some people are very, very afraid of anything in, injury-related in any way whatsoever. Yeah, but not to me, not this. I mean, when you looked at us, we took Carlos Correa, what, ninth overall in labor? Not yeah. that that worked out well for us. But we took a, we took him ninth overall. What's to stop somebody from doing the same with Trevor Story next year? I think you're I think you're right. You're right. He could, he could pop up there because we still only really got to see the, uh, the, the base running get going a little, only 8 for 13. Still think he's kind of a shoe-in. For next year, it'll be easy to say, okay, he's going to be at least double digits. And then you're going to get 40 and 10, 40 and 15 at shortstop. No, I'm on board with it, but you need to shut up and stop <laughs> saying it's such a good idea to still take him that high. The whole point was for me to say that it's time to put, put depress that price, guys. It's Oh, man, guys, you never know what he's going to do. Guys, don't take him. You can't take Trevor's story. You just don't know what he's going to do. Oh you God. don't know. You don't know. I mean, he's going to suck. Don't uh, worry. Yeah. Second round. You, so. have any, you have any thoughts on Oswaldo Arcia? Would you just use him to replace Trevor Story in leagues? Orlando Arcia. Orlando. Yeah, Oswaldo. You, you, we have plenty of thoughts on him. They're not. I'll, right. talk, about, I'll talk about Oswaldo. Nah, he's a of course yeah, I will. We're, but no. we're, we're good on that. But what about Orlando's baby bros coming up? Plug him in. I say give it a shot. Yeah, even in, in any league form. And same with Benintendi. Any league he's format. Play. You don't call him. You don't call him to sit him. No, you take a shot with both those guys. Those are both elite-level prospects that could be game-changers. Would I bet on it? No, because I'm, I'm smart and I don't want to lose my money. But it's, it, they have a higher likelihood than most of the prospects that come up there in that upper echelon. They're like Bregman. Now we see you just saw what can happen. Bregman has not been good so far, and it hits a certain point, kind of like it did with Reed, A.J. Reed, who was called back up, by the way, where it starts to snowball. Like, you can do the 0 for 10 or whatever, and then if you reel off three quick ones, it's whatever. 
But when you start getting to the point where you're now one for 28, I don't know. I think I'm not a baseball player. Maybe I'm full of crap. I think it starts to mentally snowball a little bit. Maybe we're going to see him have a tough time getting out of it uh, for this year, not for long term or anything like that for Bregman. But um, I mean, how does Bregman have a zero fifty batting average and balls in play? That's the thing. He's he's certainly not getting. I mean, even even Jose Molina had higher than that at stretches. That's that's the insane that everything is going against him. But like you said, reads back uh, reads back up here. Um, who they, because they put Harrison, is that how they did it? Uh, what did they do to create? I just saw the transaction short while ago. Now I'm drawing a blank. Reed came for up Reed. Let, let me look. Cause I actually was just clicking on the front page of RotoWire there. Um, it doesn't say who they moved down. Did I they just, I just saw it, uh, looking earlier did and they I forgot put somebody for an injury. Uh, Gomez. No, he's back in the lineup. No. I, you know, I, I don't have it. it, it this is a good prep. AJSC. Oops, just saw it there it again. Did not come with. Uh, usually these little oh, Greg- blurbs. Gregerson. Pardon me, Gregerson. Gregerson went to the DL. With oh, okay, okay, okay. That was it. Okay. Oh, sweet. JD Martinez expected back this week. I can go on living my life. That's not sarcastic. I love JD Martinez, guys. Uh, all right, we gotta let you go. Um, a little bit shorter than it was gonna be if we'd been able to do the. The original. I apologize for that. Everything appears to be in order. I got uh, also I got no show parts. this weekend for me. Yes, uh, you'll be out again. Paul two will likely be in. We've heard you on the audio, folks. He's already ordering a mic to remedy that. So um, uh, we got you covered on Sunday. I know it's it's not going to be the best weekend. So uh, I'll, my thoughts will be with you for sure, and then we'll you. we'll reconvene in a couple weeks. Yep. All right, man. Take care. Thanks, man.